When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Johnny. Hey, how's it going? Good, good. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the tent. I'm back. Uh, we're back with Johnny Ciotti. How How's things with you, Johnny? Good, man. It's been it's been a while since I've been on one of these. Yeah. Good to have you back. Good to have you back. You've been a busy boy. So yeah, that's what they say. Um, or at least that's what I tell people is that I've been busy. You know, if you could tell people that you're busy, that's half the battle right there. So, you know, we, one of the things I, I got to tell you, we, we um, obviously we share a lot of content and, and tanks and so forth. The, the thing I, as I told you before we got on, the, the thing everybody's asking me about is a, a few days ago, you put up a picture of your new tank uh, that is kind of taking a sort of a different approach to setting up a botanical style tank. And people were going crazy over this one. They, it's something we've talked about before, but I don't think we ever demonstrated and it's really got a lot of people excited. So talk about your new tank. First of all, what size is that tank? Um, that's a great question. I, I, I have no idea. It's a 40, <laughs> it's a, it's a Which one is 40. It? Yeah. It's a 45U, um, ultimate okay. nature systems aquarium. Is that and nine gallons or something or it's, uh, it, the dimensions are something by something by something. Perfect. I think it, it, yeah, that I, yeah, it's, it's, it's like, yeah, for, for, but, but that only works with inches. Uh, it's just <laughs> right. for, for 45 centimeters by, I couldn't tell you. I have no idea yeah, actually what it is. probably nine U.S. gallons, anywhere between eight to 10 U.S. gallons. Maybe that's a safe bet. Maybe that's totally off, but. Cool. Okay. I, we, we've yeah. solved it. There, episode's so done. That's the problem. Half the battle is going to be the size of the thing. So, I, okay. I so think about ten, 10, I think it's about 10 gallons. Yeah. Let's, um, say, let's say it's 10 U.S. gallons. You know, and I, I, I don't really. I mean, I, I know the size of most aquariums. I just, I don't really pay attention to them. I'm like, that one looks right. You know, um, the dimensions are good. Yeah. So yeah, I grabbed that one cause it looked right and it had a cool glass stand. And, um, I felt as though the, the architecture or the industrial design and the aesthetic of the aquarium would be a good place to, to kind of continue on with this, um, sort of more elevated deconstructed approach to, to aquarium keeping. Um, so yeah, the, the, the aquarium, I would just wanted to, I wanted to get more out of it. And I guess this is something that maybe, maybe I'm running into before some other people are running into it. Um, I'm trying to extract the most life from a tank and I, I do so many of them and their lifespan just seemingly isn't enough. Um, even though they go through these different phases, um, I'm like, well, wh where's the, the phase before and after this thing that I can enjoy it even more so. And we've talked about, and we've done, you know, this, this sort of dry starting, but not from the perspective of a planted aquarium, like the urban agapo, et cetera. So right. I wanted to start this thing from like a terrarium esque position, um, really focusing on bacterial growth and uh you know fungal growth and and really building sort of that understory and um 
you know, kind of that layers to the, the strata, to the, um, to the biome. And I, you know, you know I called it, I, I called it um, a transitional approach because it's transitioning from, like you said, a terrarium or a terrestrial habitat to aquatic, not quite that urban agapo thing, because you're not growing plants or grasses, but you're doing what you said. You're trying to bring up that biome. Yeah. And that's, that's exactly it. And so I've started these tanks um, a few times this way and some were intentional. And in the very beginning, they, they weren't really necessarily intentional. It's just, I was trying to get things to settle into place and, um, you know, I didn't want to deal with floating leaves for a real long time, but I also didn't want to just boil the hell out of everything. And so, um, there was a, a particular aesthetic that I was seeing where you were getting a different, like quote unquote bloom, um, mm-hmm. you know, in, in, in sort of the biofilms, uh, you know, on the wood and, and throughout the botanicals and you even notice some different things happening in the substrate when it goes from one state to another and that inundation is more of a gradual or, or a progression into being flooded. And so this tank is as much as we're kind of like beating around it and it's kind of an esoteric approach, but um, I really wanted to start it as slow as possible because for me, the exciting thing oftentimes with an aquarium is that initial phase of setup and planning and, and getting through it and, and getting it wet. And once it's full, I'm like, okay, well there's this other part and I do enjoy it, but it's just never long enough. I guess it's the aquarium foreplay, yeah, you know, you it's like, aquarium it, foreplay. you've just it, invented a new, uh, it just ends. Yeah. And so yeah, that, that's, that's the thing. Right. Like, it's that build up to the actual main event of filling it. I, I think that's a good way to put it actually. Yeah, this is not an episode for children. No, none of them are, but um, <laughs> this one is best. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, and, and that's that's the thing. It's like, yeah, I just want to get it wet real slow. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to tease it along. And <laughs> got to tease it along. Um, um, but, so, but, yeah, it's... It's, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's What I like about this approach is that you are literally replicating what happens in nature in a lot of ecosystems right where the rivers overflow into the forest or yeah. where a tributary dries up and then fills up in, in the rain or rainy season um what a lot of people are asking is they're saying well what are the plant like what length of time are you going to keep it in this quote-unquote terrestrial state and what do you do during that period of time uh, so, uh, you know, I, I will do an update on Instagram likely today. Um, I, I wasn't going to do like every single day kind of an update, um, okay. although I, I could if people people were, were interested in it. Um, I, the, the process is really exciting to me and I find it kind of um, fulfilling in, in, a, in a weird way. And to others, this might be like the most arduous process of filling an aquarium ever. I'm, I'm I'm literally um using like a very small like half half gallon spray bottle and I'm spraying a half gallon of water into it a day. Nice. And that's it. So I'm 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 spraying water until it's full. So I'm just you know it's <laughs> it it's gonna take a while. <laughs> well, you know, yeah. So if it's ten if it's ten gallons, um, you know what, it's gonna take tw- twenty days to fill it. But but you know what's neat is that the, the botanicals, the leaves are getting saturated, they're starting to break down. And a, one of the things I found in during in my research is that uh ecologists 
when when they found that when leaves fall into a stream or when they when they fall off a tree in general and become colonized by fungal growth and you know biofilms it makes them more palatable to other organisms and it's they call it conditioning and it basically right. sets up the leaf to decompose a little quicker and impart all those organics and so forth to the water but here what you're doing is you're you're conditioning the leaves in a terrestrial phase and as you fill it they're getting the tissues are getting saturated the organic materials are leaching out and probably the tannins it's just a very different type of a startup approach yeah i mean it's it's a it's a slow fill you know, yeah, it's, so. it's, it's a, it's a very, very gradual and, and slow transition. It's not this abrupt phase, which I mean, is a different thing. Like that's a flash flood, you know, this is, this is inundation. This is purposeful. It's very slow. It's, you know, it's going to take 20 days to fill this aquarium by literally spraying it. If I wanted to go like obnoxious mode, I'd, I'd use even a smaller bottle and mist it full, but, um, <laughs> Ludicrous mode with it. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. I'm like, uh, I use I use four ounces of water a day, and I missed it um, and, like until two years to inundate. <laughs> right, which which I think that's that's not really accurate. I think yeah. I think even 20 days might be too long. And so yeah. I, I don't I don't know. You know, it's one of those things like how long does it take for for these environments to to change, and especially at the area where I'm changing it. You know, you're not talking about this isn't the stream that stays wet. This is, uh, this is, you know, 10 meters from, from the bank, you know, it's, it's, it's way, it's way out there. So, you know, how wet is it? Is it, is it gradually filling and then kind of, I mean, it's sort of ephemeral too, because how long does it stay wet? You know? uh, Right. I I was talking to Ty Streitman earlier today. Unfortunately, uh, the, the combo you missed, but he sends his regards, but, he was telling me about areas in Campo Grande in Brazil where he lived, where he said he'd go to a stream or, or a, a field, a, a Pantanal meadow, and it would be filled one day on, on many colon, you know, he'd come back the next day and it would be less water. And then the next day it would be full. And then two days later, it would be almost no water. And then three days after that, it would be completely dry. And then three days later it would fill. I mean, it's like a constant depends on the rain. And that's very interesting. So you have an opportunity to replicate that you know, the, the starts yeah. and stops. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm curious to see how it all pans out. I, I, you know, I don't want to upset the hell out of the fish, but I mean, there may be, there may be points in time where I lower the water down considerably, even pull the filter offline and then bring right. it back and, um, and do those sort of things. I mean, obviously I would keep the filter running on some other, you know, body of water. Um, what, do you, what, what filter are you, are you using a canister filter or, or an yeah filter? yeah the, the the guys at cche have just been you know super super good to me um i would buy the filters otherwise which i i actually i was beforehand and they're like you know we don't we don't want you to buy these anymore so nice. um yeah it's a it's a cche i'm i'm the worst at this stuff i have no idea what it's called it's a very small canister filter i think it might be one of their like whale models or something like that but it's it's very tiny um very quiet little little canister filter and it it works really well i have some lily pipes on it um i i don't know what the model type is called it's like a spin pipe of some sort so it's very very slow slow flow in this one um when do you turn it on when have you had the filter is the filter going to go on is it so a certain what depth do you need the the media in there has been running constantly for years 
Um, and it's just transitioned from filter to tank to filter to tank. And, and I, I clean it out and, uh, you know, just kind of rinse it through and whatnot. It's colonized. And so that filter has been running, you know, perpetually right now it's running on a bucket with, uh, with fish in it. And so I'm, I'm using the same fish that were in the 45 S, which was, uh, dichrosis filamentosis and, um, uh, those nanostomus, um, marginatus or marginatus. Yeah. Yeah. Marginatus. And then, um, I have, uh, like, I I don't know if it's called the angelicus pleco or something like that. It's a smaller pleco. It's in some L something or other one, 1, 1,755,000. Right. Um, but, uh, it's a, it's a cute little fish. Um, it's one of the smaller ones. And, uh, you know, that, that's about it. And the colors on the fish are just been incredible in that smaller tank, but I felt like they just didn't have enough room. So I was like, well, even if I keep this thing halfway full and then bring it back up to, to high, you know, the highest level that I can keep the water at, um, it, it'd probably be a little bit better. And the other thing is I wasn't able to get enough leaf litter in the tank before. Like I wanted a lot of leaf litter. And so right now, um, kind of the goal or at least one of the things aesthetically that I wanted to, to sort of achieve was to, to bring up that leaf line um, to somewhere mid tank. And so yeah, I, I, yeah, I want like six inches of, of leaf litter or, or even nice. more. Um, and it's, it's really hard to have six or seven inches of leaf litter in a six or seven inch tall aquarium. So, right. Uh, right. yeah, it's just like, I was like, I don't know if they can actually swim. Yeah. Could, uh, but, yeah. Uh, yeah so, so right now I'm like, eh, it's just, it's just not right. So I want to bring that up. And, um, that's something that I, I hope to see more of is, you know, we, we've done a lot of these tanks where, you know, p- people are dabbling with leaves and, and they're, they're getting more invested into blackwater and botanical style aquariums. And, you know, you've done some stuff that's just really, really out there with crazy tangles of roots and, and a lot of leaves, but I'm like, I really want to go deep, deep on the leaves, real, real deep important. on the leaves. Yeah. I think, I think that's a big thing because I, I, we've talked about this many times before. I'm of the impression that a deep bed of leaf litter operates much like a deep sand bed would in a reef aquarium. I, I think that there's a possibility that maybe some denitrification goes on there. Certainly there's a lot of biological activity that goes on there. And I know uh, studies in the wild when they, you know, analyze really deep leaf litter beds, the, the theory is that fermentation takes place in deep, deep leaf litter beds. But we're talking several feet, which we mm-hmm. can't replicate in a tank. But, but But there's every reason to believe that there's plenty of biological activity there and so that's what's so exciting about the approach that you're taking on this one is that you're really going biome first and i think that's super important and i I, in my experience in trying this approach i'm not rigorous about water testing for ammonia or nitrate but i've never noticed any type of cycle so to speak yeah there's there's never really a cycle i mean that's one of the the first things that people will note you know there's like i I, is it is it broke like i didn't see a cycle happen right, right. like nah it just it doesn't happen um that's that's something else and you, and you kind of hit on my interests uh over the years and you know with aquarium keeping have have you know progressively changed like when when i was first into aquarium keeping i was really into some really bizarre shit in uh like a lot of people and was was drawn to um 
you know, both sides of the, the hobby, the salt, you know, marine side right. and, and, and crazy, like, uh, you know, non photosynthetic corals and, and then the, the planted aquarium stuff. And, uh, you know, at the time, so many of these freshwater fish seemed really, really, really exotic and which they are actually arguably more exotic than, than the salt or marine, you know, sort of counterparts of the hobby. But, um, you know, now just progressively over time, I'm like, yeah, I mean, I still love the fish. Don't, don't get me wrong. But now I'm like, I really just like rotting leaves. <laughs> so it's just, um, I've completely contaminated your mindset, but no, but you're right. You know what it is? You know what it is? I'm certain it's, it's not just you like the leaves. You like the habitat, the biome, the entire picture more so than maybe you did in years past. That's- yeah. I mean, it, it is, it's, it's the, it's the whole, it's the whole picture. It's the biome. Um, it's everything incorporated. Um, I just feel like this is, this is a, a further, you know, sort of progression of, of that original idea. And yeah, I, I could almost put no fish in this thing and, and be just watch it pretty happy. There's just something about the, the leaves kind of bobbing back and forth and swaying and in, in the current and, um, moving around it, it has its own life of its own and i and i think even talked about like i'm like oh this is like a dead terrarium um <laughs> right yeah there there's something else that's very appealing to me um throughout the process that that's not your typical aquarium approach well i think it it, it builds on a couple of things we always talk about here patience you know going slowly observing enjoying the aquarium at every phase of its existence and i think what's really interesting about this approach too is it it opens up a bigger exploration for hobbyists is, is about how we start aquariums you know different ways of starting up aquariums the, the conventional you know add sand add plants add fish you know bacteria cycle whatever it, that's one way to start a tank this is another way and there's got to be 20 ways in between and and each one has its own allure and and interest yeah and i mean and, and there's such a reflection on the individual as well you you can you can see someone that's not really experienced with different types of aquariums and um, how they approach the start of an aquarium. And then uh, if you talk to hobbyists that have been in it for a long time, or you, you talk to an expert and, and, and they just, they seemingly approach it in either a clinical fashion or just a, well, I don't care. It just, it does it like, it's just a right. thing. It just happens. And, you know, now I'm trying to get back to that, like, how does the thing happen? And I would really want to stretch out that process and, and experience the the environment um, for for what it is and, and its beauty, um, not the whole thing that I'm creating around it. So it's the journey. Yeah. It's the journey and the aesthetic is the process. I don't really even care about the the hardscape anymore like this tank i didn't actually i didn't hardscape it the the last tank i didn't hardscape either i i i mean this sounds ridiculous i literally just threw the wood in i was like i threw the wood in i threw the sand in um quite quite abruptly and threw the leaves in and then spray it with water and so there was no real design. It was just like, it fits in the tank this way that that is it. Right. And that's, that's how it landed. So you're like, okay, cool. Again, analogous to nature though. That's what happens, right? This shit accumulates and water comes and a biotope rises. You know, that's a very natural process you're replicating actually. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and, and I'm not, I, I guess I'm, I, I am replicating it to a degree, but I'm, I'm really 
not doing anything. Not intentionally, right? You're just letting nature kind of navigate it as you add water. Yep. And and I, I think that, that that's something something very liberating about that too. Um, you know, so many approaches. I guess, I guess it's almost like when you when you start a, a garden from seed or something like that, right? You're you're planting it. And you're conditioning the environment. And then the, the even then, there, there, there's there's so much um, there's so much planning with a with a garden. This is this is more akin to like grabbing a bag of seed and just throwing it in your yard. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it, it, it's it is it's so wabi sabi. It's yeah. you know is is about as close to you you can get to you know allowing nature to do its own thing. You're you're designating a zone or a space for it. And you're providing the things that are going to be, you know, needed. Any of the prerequisites for for success. But aside right. from that, you're really stepping out of the way. And and that's the part that fascinates me. Is is it's kind of like um, God. When I was a kid, there's these uh these stupid little crystal things where I, I oh, forget you put them in the water and they grow yeah. magic rocks and, and, and they would just right, grow these right. magic rocks and and yeah. you didn't know what you were going to get and, and, and oh. you, you knew it was going to be something. Um, and that was the part that was fascinating to me is like, I I really didn't have any control over the outcome other than I knew that there would be one. Right. Um, so the effort's not just futile. It's like, Oh, okay, cool. There, there's, there's something to come of this. Um, and, and that's where I'm at now. And I think there's something very elegant about letting nature do a lot of the work and dictate the pace. You know, you're, you're just sort of a, a passenger on the journey and responding to, nature or just navigating as you see fit it, it's liberating yeah yeah what what's uh what's your your next um thought, your next step for this after it's filled are you gonna put all the fish in at one time you're gonna put them in gradually um what's your what's your thinking on that uh you know i'm gonna i'm gonna put in the fish all pretty much at the same time my my idea was as soon as the water was high enough for fish to swim in they would probably swim into that location so right um i think i think that you know a um a place like this would probably get populated you know within a few hours so um so i'm just going to put all the fish in and and they're all um i don't want to say endemic but but pretty much native to you know, that specific or general region. It's not a, it's not a biotope. I, I mean, actually, if I, if I looked at it, it, it may be a biotope and the leaves yeah. are specific and the wood is specific and the soil is very close. I mean, it probably is going to be the closest biotope that anybody's ever created to, if I, if I'm not incorrect about the species. Well, you know, I think also the, the thing with biotope, I mean, one can make arguments about like, oh, this is the, has to be the exact, twig and the exact leaf that's found in this exact area but it's also about this is the exact type of environment right arises and i think that to me is much more exciting than having endless debates over which leaf is the correct leaf in this habitat it's more like what what is found in the habitat what are the things leaves twigs substrate etc 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 um and i think that's what's so fascinating to me about I'm, I'm there with you. And, and from the design perspective as well, I think a lot of, and, and this is like not really anything against anybody because there's, there's different, there's different approaches to it all. And there's a journey. And I was, I was fanatical about these things as well. Like just a complete zealot when it would come to design theory and principles, um, 
you know, in, in constructing an aquarium, but right. no Fibonacci spiral or golden ratio, um, you know, really applied to this. It was just, this is, this is how it's going to go. And I'm going to put right. it in there. And as much as people try to fit that model around design or they'll go into nature and go, Oh yeah, look, look at this. And I'm like, yeah, but you photographed that. So, you know, if I move the camera eight feet to the left and pointed it down, it doesn't apply to your stupid design rule anymore. Yeah. So, so no, you know, take, take it all and throw it out the window because it's, it's pointless. I mean, it, it really depends on your perspective and where you're looking at it. And if you have a controlled perspective, then what's the point? Well, I see, yeah, and I see so many hobbyists, uh, aquascapers, talented people, of course, they'll take a pic, they'll go hiking, and they'll take a picture of like a bunch of roots or, you know, a, a branch coming out of a rock or something and going, oh, this is making amazing, it's inspiring me to do an aquarium based on that. And I think, and I look at those things and I say, yeah, okay, but what about looking at an actual aquatic habitat where a, a branch fell in the water and capturing that essence, you're, you're translating something from a different environment entirely. It has nothing to do with water. Well, it's taste too. Well, it's a disconnect, but it's also, um, it's aesthetic taste. Right. Well, the, the I part that, with it. I don't know why <laughs> it's, it's really interesting because people gravitate towards these constructs and the constructs are also created because of what people, um, happen to, to like, um, so, I mean, I, I know this sounds, this sounds even more ridiculous than the, the, the crap I was saying five minutes ago. Um, <laughs> the reality is it's like, we're, we're putting rules around things to replicate, um, stuff that, that somebody might have liked once before. And the, the rest of it though, isn't applicable. Like if you look at a landscape, majority of it doesn't follow your rules. You may not like the majority of it, but just because you happen to find some analogy or, or something that you can replicate to create one thing that looks good doesn't mean that it's all that way. And so, right. I mean, no, that's that's a valid point. Yeah. You're like, well, okay, look at the rest of nature that doesn't look pretty. Um, why don't we, why don't we recreate that? Cause there's a, there's a vast majority of these, this part of nature that doesn't, you know, fit your, your design model. And, and then you find that the most disorganized, disorderly, dirty aspects of nature have their own beauty, you know, and, and that's what's so amazing to me about like, like what you're doing. A lot of people would look at that tank and say, oh, he literally just threw some leaves and twigs and now he's slowly filling it. But the reaction that I was getting, uh, I don't know if you've been getting a lot of DMs or, or, or follow up from that. The reactions I was getting from people about that, that particular aquarium were so unexpected. I mean, it was like people were like it was tapping into something people got about like, wow, it's so seemingly unusual, such a different approach. And it just got me thinking, like, well, what, what are people thinking, you know, when they're setting things up? What is the inspiration that people are taking? And I guess everybody takes their own inspiration. But, um, oh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping on this one that people aren't thinking like I'm hoping yeah, that what, what's it. happening is they just go, it, it's there's something that's been sparked. And that they're, they're kind of moving from impulse and, and just going, yeah, okay, cool. It resonates. And like, let's, let's not look past that or deconstruct it any further. Cause it's like, uh, you know, it, it doesn't, 
I don't think it it's super super important. Uh, that's at least not that. Yeah, let's let's not overanalyze it. I, I don't think that that's the part. Uh, and I would hope that that's not what people are doing. Um, well, you know, because we've tried really hard. Hobbies yeah, tend to do that, and we tend to quantify and analyze and you know categorize everything and what type of scape is it? What's the approach you took? Da, 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 all that stuff. But but you know, I think the the one thing that I'm looking forward to trying at some point, something I wanted to do for a very long time with the right tank, and I think you've talked about this too, is a very wide shallow tank and just sand of various sorts, just substrate, nothing else. Maybe you throw a twig or something in there, but substrate. And yeah, I'm 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 there with you on that one. We we've talked about this about for for tw- years. Tw- twelve years, probably yeah. something along those lines. It's so elegant. There's something so amazing about that habitat. And it's entirely consistent with what you see in many natural habitats where there are plenty of fishes. And I just, I find that no one, I've never seen a just substrate only tank, a no scape or whatever you want to call it. There, there's a photograph that um, a mono took probably in like the very early, early nineties. It's, it's in one of the, the nature aquarium. Actually, it's not in one of the nature aquarium world books. I think it's in one of the ADA catalogs from like 1996 or something. Wow. And yeah, it's really, really old. And it's, it's the Orinoco. I believe it's, yeah, it's the Orinoco and no, it's the Negro. It's Negro. And the water is just black as can be. It it looks like coffee and you can, it's very shallow and it's just sand for as far as you can see. And there's like one tree branch just sticking way up out in the middle of nowhere. And it's really, really cool. And you can see fish there and there's, there's subsequent shots throughout the the catalog that, that talk about this region, but there's like a tiny bit of leaf floating in this, you know, this, this vast expanse of, of just nothing but sand. And there's just the ripples from in the sand, you know, in the sand from from the water movement, and uh, there's there's just like shoals of fish, and I'm like that that is a really cool environment, you know. If if I could do a tank that's four feet wide and two right. feet tall and and twelve feet long or something, and just maybe even bigger, yeah, yeah, I it's got to be I think, big. I think a tank like that, yeah, would would definitely require dimensions. I mean, I think of a lot of these other environments that. Um, you know, I'd like to mimic like mud holes, uh, you know, temporal pools and things like that. It's the same kind of thing. It's it's like you need a certain dimension to get the effect. I mean, sure, you can do it in a small tank, but it just I think it loses something um, in, unless it's in the large enough tank. And that, that's probably why neither one of us has actually tackled this particular scape. Yes, yeah, scale, yeah. scale and perspective are, are really difficult to achieve that that sort of layout. And, and then again, I don't think it would look very good if you tried to do it like you really have to start with just the the right amount of flow and a significant amount of sand and just allow it, it to to redistribute yeah i, I think that that's I that's kind of the method for it and you know if somebody was spending that amount of cash to put together a system like that i, I don't know if they would have the patience or the desire to um the pile of sand in there. uh yeah let the pile of sand just move itself over five months well that, <laughs> yes but that's a truly a unique truly a unique approach very very different but but i think the right hobbyist with the right fish and the right setup could could pull something incredibly unique off with basically just sand and maybe like you said it's a handful of leaves crumbled leaves or something Uh, there's something there um and then you get into other aspects water movement and you, you talk about the ripples in the sand you know then water motion becomes a very important part of the the environment there 
I think that those, yeah, those environmental inputs are just as important as any water parameter that we could, we could speak of, like, how does the air move above the water and, and, and how does it influence the, the water? Where's the water coming from the movement, uh, w- within the column? Um, you know, I feel, I feel like I've become an aquarium masochist. Like, it's like, what's the, <laughs> what's the longest, most just difficult way that or it's not even path. difficult. Just it's, yeah, it's just a, a long, long patience, but it, I think it's what also makes so many things beautiful is like, um, there's nothing worse than fake patina, you know, yeah. or like those fast fashion rip denim. You're like, dude, right. get, the f- get out right. of here with real, your, I want a real rip in my jeans. like, yeah. Like, yeah. please you like the, 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 the fake, like I had a screwdriver or a wrench in my pocket mark that, you know, somebody hit right. with a, with a belt, you know, belt sander. And you're like, nah, like it's just not authentic. And it just, right. it, it reeks of that. And so I think if we want to talk about authenticity and, and so much of it, it being a buzzword now is like, oh, yeah. you know, why don't you just actually be authentic? I agree. And I think that's like you said, letting sort of happenstance take some of the the credit you know if you're going to throw some rocks in a pile of sand some of them are going to get exposed some of them are going to get covered and that's nature's prerogative that's that's you're at the mercy of the the water current and that's an interesting approach if somebody has the patience and the the you know the tolerance to see that happen without intervening right that's that's the ultimate in a natural aquarium is letting the natural forces do a lot of escaping what what about what do you think about um we've seen some amazing aquariums like like our friend shrimpery does some amazing like he calls them the pond style yeah what do you think is i think what's appealing to me about that tank is it sort of looks i mean he's a brilliant scaper with all the manicuring and stuff but there's something appealing about it almost seeing wild where the plants are coming up all over the place above the water line what do you think about that style and, and how you might interpret that with a botanical style tank uh I think it's really, really cool. I think what he's doing is, um, I don't want to say think, I, I, I'm, I'm fairly certain his inspiration comes from a lot of old school water gardening techniques and, and other things like that. Um, and he's really creating these little ponds and it's its own deal. It's not diorama. I think it's right. it's kind of his own steez. And, uh, but I, I do believe that there is something along those lines that has not been, you know, unearthed yet in in the blackwater and botanical you know who's who's actually done a very good job of it so i take this back um you know our our, our friends at studio aquatica yeah yeah um yeah jack jack is is really done an excellent job of that and i think that we can still explore you know other things with that i just i haven't focused on it um i haven't put any energy towards it yeah. Because I've I've been going off down this rabbit hole of of you know uh, bullshit. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but much, you know, it's pretty much the tannin it, way. Yeah, yeah. Bullshit. So, um, so you know, it's it's been, but it's been really really um, rewarding. Um, you know, do, doing that. But I I do like that style. I think that it's a neat style. I think that there's a lot of room for exploration there. And I think that some people should do it. And, and there's some people I would actually really like to see do it. I, I'd love to see Jack do more of it. Um, I'd love to see, I'd love to see shrimpery do one of those tanks um, in a true toboggan esque, like 
like really go wild with it. Not just necessarily wild in the style, but like, I mean, muck, like really interesting. I I don't, I don't know if he was going to want to have that in his home. Um, Right. That's not everybody's cup of tea. But you know, if if I had the the time and space to have him commission or commission him to do something that that I would, I would challenge him to do that. One of, um, one of my favorite styles yeah. too is that jungle sort of style. Like they call it jungle style, but like yeah. unintentionally, I don't even want to use the word style where you just have a ton of plants that just grow beautifully together into this big mass of plants. There's something very appealing to me about that. It's just that OG Wabi Kusa, Wabi Sabi yeah. style. Um, I really, really like that. I, I think that that's, that's something that's kind of special. Um, in its own deal with, with plants. And, you know, I've been, yeah, it, it came out a little too designed. I've been experimenting with this three foot terrarium right now mm-hmm. in, in doing some stuff and I'll, I'll share some pictures pretty soon, but I was waiting for it to kind of break in and, um, which has been very nice. Terrariums are way slower than aquariums and decomposition. Um, so that part is cool and I'm getting the same gratification I would get from like a reef tank and watching it grow. However, I think I just place things too well and it kind of looks composed. And so, you know, it's, it's, its own, it's its own thing and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll let it go. But I think time, time is what's going to fix that. So, um, I'm pulling some cues there from, from these other people, like what Shrimpery's doing and, and trying yeah. to a, a, apply it. I've been playing with the, uh, our new substrate in that one, right? Is that the one that you've been? Yes. Floresta yes. Or- <laughs> Floresta. Yeah. So the, the substrate is, um, I'm naming, I'm not tooting our own horn here or anything, but it's, um, yeah, hang on. I gotta, I gotta shift. I got a puppy sitting in my lap. So, um, the, the substrates outperformed anything else that I've worked with in terrariums. Like the, I don't know that it's just the level of humic substance that's in it um, and, and the makeup itself, but you know, it holds water properly. It drains properly. Um, it doesn't compact root growth has just been substantial. Um, it, you know, it, it smells like wet earth. Um, it, it's just a really great substrate to work with. And, and I've been enjoying this and I've, um, I've somewhat pushed it to its, to its limits. Like, the tank that I have now, the only way it's watered is by, uh, like a fogger. And, um, and so, yeah, the, the fogging system goes through, uh, you know, kind of like a, a lily pipe in, into the tank. Um, and it's, uh, it's pretty much sealed up. And so, you know, the, the humidity is anywhere from 98 to hundred percent. And, um, wow. sometimes, you know, it just doesn't, doesn't get a whole lot of airflow in there. And, and that's where I'm kind of pushing this to see, how the substrate reacts with no airflow for three days at a hundred percent humidity. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's not molding and, and doing any of those other things that you don't want it to be doing, um, in excess. And so it's just responded extremely well. And, you know, I've put it through some rigorous testing, but it, it's, it's just a great, great substrate. That's, and that's fun to see. That's yeah. And I, I'll keep, I'll keep, keep exploring more and more, more things with it. Um, yeah, I've got multiple layouts that are utilizing that stuff. And so we, we should be able to, start showing kind of the the you know the community um some of those things maybe they'll get excited to, to try it as well yeah for sure i think i think again it's and, and a lot of people have you know what we're starting to get it's kind of funny we're starting to get requests for coming up with different kinds of substrates which i think is a lot of fun and 
that's a whole science and a whole area of interest where you truly can create, you set the foundation for a really unique aquarium, for a really unique system. And in this case, it's a vivarium or a terrarium. I, I think it's that whole ground up building a biotope thing, which is, or biome, excuse me, which is, I think, so satisfying in a way. Uh, and soil in and of itself is interesting, right? I mean, forest floors and the, the biosha that live there and the, the use of our purple non-sulfur bacteria and yeah. all kinds of other stuff. Um, I, I just find that so fascinating. And it just, I hope we, what we've, we've, you're doing with that is also some things we can continue to bring over to the, to the aquatic side too, is very different types of active substrates and, um, you know, living materials within the substrates and, and really embracing what goes on in, in the benthic area of an aquarium. I think there's, there's a lot there. Yeah. And and that's, you know, and I, I I think I've, I've illustrated this throughout the entire conversation that that has just become increasingly more fascinating to myself. And, and I think to a lot of other individuals and absolutely, you know, I'm, I'm seeing people really embracing, um, having a, a, a true and functional substrate, not only because of the aesthetic, but because of, you know, the, the benefits that uh, the fish reap from it. Right. Um, and then, you know, likewise, the, those same things happen in the, in the terrarium environment. And, you know, and then there's this, this one magical place that you're never going to get in a terrarium, uh, which is that water column. Uh, yeah. You know, you, you, you get, you can get some fog rolling in a terrarium, but uh you know, in the water column, I'm seeing so many people now embracing sedimented substrates and, and the overall aesthetic. There's a, there's a tank. I don't know. I don't know the character's real name, um, but he goes by little tree design or oh, yeah, maybe it's, yeah, a, and, and maybe it's a, she. No, no, it's a, he, uh, a great guy. Um, he's in, I think he's in, is, I want to say he's in Italy or Spain. Forgive me. I forgot which. Um, yeah, he does some really great, I mean, some really great realistic kind of stuff. his, his latest tank. Beautiful. Um, yeah, huge shout out to, uh, let me actually look it up, make sure I know what the hell I'm talking about. Uh, little tree, uh, underscore design. So look him, look him up on Instagram. Uh, you know, I, I'm a fanboy of a lot of people's work. I'm a fanboy of KJ, obviously, um, you know, Everybody aficionado and, and Alex, uh, Alex yeah. Frankie or Francois, um, yeah, Francois. discovered, he's discovered a biofilm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, oh yeah. Like, you know, okay. that it's, um, they're, they're all just Im- immensely talented, um, yes. individuals, but this, this little tree design, I, I've, I've followed his work for years and he just blew my fucking socks off the other day. Yeah. Sorry, F bomb there. Hopefully you that's, don't have children. That's part of the um, course here. You know, yeah. He just, I was, I mean, enamored with the aesthetic and the water column and, and the particulate that you can see in there. And, um, you know, the turbidity and it just looks so good and it's, so, so real. It's beautiful to see that too. And I've had conversations with him where he, he some people, you know, just get it. They just, they go, this is what nature looks like. And this is what I want to do. And he's that type of person. It's like, this is what I want to do. I want to replicate the look, but the function of it, which is what we talk about all the time, the function of nature and why it looks the way it does not just to create a, an effect, but to say, well, I want to run my aquarium based on this dynamic of, of giving it a realistic substrate, giving it a realistic water column filled with decomposing plant material or whatever. That, that, that's a 
I think that's the next frontier in, in aquarium keeping, you know, is this kind of stuff that we're talking about looking at it holistically. Um, yeah. The, the botanicals aren't an aesthetic set piece. They are the, the operating system. The substrate is the operating system of a botanical style aquarium, whether it's brackish or black water or hard alkaline or whatever type of environment, it's the same function. And I find that fascinating. Um, and that's why I think the, the substrate thing is so interesting right now. And the fact that you're playing with terrariums, because we're also exploring that relationship between land and water, or at the very least learning about soil, which still impacts aquatic ecosystems. Right. And, and there's so much there. It's, it's really amazing. In fact, I'm going to lead into a couple of questions. All right, let's do it. I have some questions for you. And I want to get to that so I don't keep you on all night. So this is from Jeremy in Valencia, California. Uh, an almost Los Angeles Just up County the guy. Almost a local yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, a local guy here. Okay. And he asks, hey, hey, Johnny. Hey, Scotty. Call me Scotty. Don't call me Scotty. My mom called me Scotty as a kid. Uh, I'm going to start calling you Scotty. Just kidding. Uh, No, he says, hey, guys, um, what would you recommend for an Australian white tree frog to vivarium? That's interesting. Very broad question. What would you recommend? But I think what he's getting at is like, how would you set that tank up? Are you Gosh, you know, so yeah, I I I, cool. I am to to de- to degree. I I'm definitely not a pro um, with with all worse. herbs and and specifically that animal. However, um, you know you're going to need some height. Uh, that that's a thing. Um, you know, it's an, sort of an arboreal kind of species, and I mean the name tree is in its name. So yeah. uh, or the word tree is in its name. Uh, you know, so that aside, let's say like we're, we're meeting kind of that, um, you know, from there it's, it's what's impacting the environment and, um, how are you maintaining that? I think that, you know, our, our new substrates would be just, just absolutely perfect for the floor. Um, and, uh, I think that a, you know, a, a good leaf leaf bed would be you know kind of a prerequisite for this and not only maintaining um the ecology but uh also contributing to you know uh healthy levels of humidity and and some of the other things that the the frog's going to need um as well as the the aesthetic um that's a that's a great one i'm i I will happily not be the expert here and and say explore you know what we can do is we should have our friend Polly Dima with Vivariums in the Mist yep. who said yep. that we've got to have Polly. You, but I talked to him about it. We got to have him on as a guest one night, and um, we could talk about that. You know, I, send really yeah, into those kind of substrates s- and things. So yeah. So for for the listeners, send in your herp questions. Um, you know, vivarium, terrarium questions, and we'll go through those. I would love to have right a conversation people. with him and um, yeah. and get those in. But you know what I love about this question is. Uh, we don't you know, know how, answer. you know, well, one, one, and I'm fine. I'm fine with not knowing the answer. Yeah, the, exactly. um, the thing that I love is, you know, the, the people that love tannin in what we do aren't just fish people, you know, and, and, and I think we've really broken that mold. And, and again, I'm tooting our own horn here, but it's not us that Someone's I'm tooting the horn. It's, it's the, it's, it's the community us together out. It's all of us, and and I think it's really cool that we're we don't function from this myopic viewpoint and um, and just perpetuating the same garbage. So, you know, it's like 
yeah, dude, big up, turn, turn, turn your aquarium on its side and put one of those, you know, panels on it and, and do it vertical and, and, and go from there. Cause that just right. take a six that's foot tank and make it go vertical. <laughs> but that's what's okay. But that's, what's so crazy about what the time we're in. You're right. And what's happening is people are the, the urban agapo idea. They're running with that and doing their things. I hadn't even thought of They're They're doing tanks with just rocks and just all kinds of things, but trying all kinds of natural aquarium systems that haven't previously been done before to any great extent and really enjoying that process. And I think that's amazing. I have another question that I think you might actually like. Uh, this is from Dolly in Pasadena, California. Boy, we're getting all these local people. Here Just literally, I mean, I can throw it. a rock. Oh, yeah. SoCal in the house. Yeah. Okay. So Dolly asks, says, hey, Johnny, hey, Scott, love the show. Uh, question for you. I am trying to develop a fallen tree by a tote where a tree would have fallen into a tropical stream. I'm torn between South America or Asia. Do you have a preference, a recommendation? How would you set up a tank like this? And what fishes would you think work well in a, such an environment? Ooh, good question. Oh gosh. That's, that's loaded. Like broad. Right. Yeah, there's a there's a lot there's a lot there. Um, one, I, I love that habitat. I think that it um, it can provide for a, a dynamic aesthetic, and um, I think that the one area when I see these fallen tree habitats is people don't consider the fact that the the area that the tree is falling into is is probably you know got a soft substrate or the tree would actually kind of get buried into it. It's how, how new is this tree falling into it? Let's, let's think about the age. Um, so, you know, I see a lot of logs like laying on the top of soil, but I don't see them halfway buried through. So I would love to see a deeper, a deeper sand bed or a deeper substrate line and, um, you know, an abundance of leaf litter and things that, that really make the tree feel like it's, rooted and and not necessarily rooted but but buried by buried yeah buried you're fishing so you've seen that when you're fishing right You'll yeah see, see it all I see it all the time and and usually the the things i mean trees one when they fall are usually large and heavy and they go into the ground and they don't really stop all that easily um you know they they, <laughs> they go in pretty pretty good especially in the water yeah um you know, and they'll oftentimes get hung up and propped up on rocks. And so I, I think that, um, you know, making it look that way, you know, if I were to do it, I would take a couple of rocks outside and, and, and take the tree branch or log or however I was going to do it. And I would literally throw it at it and kind of see what that was going to look like. And then however that lands, I would just go put that inside the tank and just then replicate that. fill it, fill it up with soil and sort of replicate it. Um, but for the region, God, that's a that literally caught, toss a coin. Um, yeah, you can go either way, right? Either way, there's there are so many, and I'm not helping you here. There are so many cool fish from every region uh, of the globe. I mean, just so whether you want to go South American or you want to go, you know, Southeast Asian. Um, yeah, I, it's, I, it's a tough call, right? You can do African. You can do just about any habitat in the world: North American, Australian, and yeah i mean and you know you you could you could do one and put the fish in it and in six months you could just wrangle the fish out put them in a different layout and throw new fish in and see which one you like better which would 
that would be a great long-term project. So I would, um, yeah, I would, I would challenge you to do both with different sets of fish in the same scape. Okay. There you go. There you go. I've got to say you up for one more. Yeah, absolutely. Let me give you one more. Okay. This is from Braden from flower mound, Texas. And Braden says, Hey Scott. Hey Johnny question for Johnny. Johnny, I'm looking for a low growing cryptocurrine species. Is it cryptocurrine or cryptocurrine? Am I saying it wrong? You know, I don't think it matters. Okay. But crypt, I'm looking for a low growing crypt species for a Southeast Asian shallow stream biotope I'm doing. What would be a good species that you would recommend that's relatively hardy, doesn't melt and stays low in shallow water? Interesting. Well, how, how shallow are we talking on this water when, when dead eye is going to stay pretty compact? Um, and, and if there's a lot of light on it, um, you know, Parva, Parva, right. You know, Parva is going to stay really, really, really tiny. Um, too, right. Parva. Yeah. They can all grow immersed and they all, they all do. Um, but you know, I think I think when dead eye is is going to be one of the other ones that if it's hit with quite a bit of light, you know, it'll it'll look pretty good and stay fairly small and and compact. Um, you know, it doesn't get all spirally and and long and stuff like spiralis right. and, and others. And um, but those those would be the two that I would I would gravitate to, and both of them can grow. Uh, either which way I I'll pro- I probably have some of both in the greenhouse right now, just, you know, growing almost on the floor in there. So um, yeah, those are the, the two species I would start with. I mean, if you don't need to be like specific to a region, cause they, they will, you can find them in a lot of different places, but um, that's where I would go. Okay. Good answer. You want to do one more and then we'll rent, we'll, we'll close sure. this up. Yeah, yeah. One more. Okay. This is from Eve in aurora ohio and eve asks hi guys i'm really into betas right now i want to know is there a particular species that you would recommend if i'm going to try keeping a group together boy i don't know enough about betas to answer that what do you what is your Ooh, like a sorority yeah i think that's what she's getting well i mean a lot of people do that right but is there can you keep multiple groups of multiple sex group mixed sex groups together so yeah, with, with, with certain species of betas, there's a few, um, which are, are more borderline grommies than anything. And yeah, so like you're gonna, the problem is going to be availability. Start, start looking at like some of the, um, species that are like endemic to Borneo that will, will get along with each other. Um, you're going to have a pretty tough time. I think finding any of them that are going to just jive and get along that are commercially available, at least here in the U S and aren't going to cost you an arm and a leg. Um, you know who I would hit up is going to be streamlined sparkles. Yeah. And, and ask him, um, for a better, great guy. Yes. Sumer is, uh, I mean, he, he's going to be the most knowledgeable person. Right yeah, yeah, I mean, just super, super killer fish breeder. Um, he's got a We're going to have him on too soon, yeah. by the way. So. He, he's, just, he's just terrific. Uh, he's a fantastic photographer too. Um, yeah. So I'm actually looking at uh, his calendar right now. Um, yeah. 
beautiful discus calendar. So uh, I, I would actually probe him and, and be like, hey, you know, Johnny and Scott sent me um, and, and let's start the discussion here. Because, you know, as far as like a sorority goes, I mean, just it, it, anything goes, um, you know, a bunch, bunch of female betas, they're, they're all going to get get along for the most part. Um, you know, but some of the other ones where you're trying to actually keep it, it's going to be how much room do you have? And there's a lot of variables in there. So the long and short of it, it's going to just be, um, you know, start, start looking at those regions where there are fish that are like that, that you may be able to get your hands on. Um, and then I would go to, you know, the expert. You know what I'm liking about these questions today is they're really challenging. People are really going beyond the just, hey, uh, how many leaves do I need to put in? A tank? You know, they're they're talking about specific environments, groupings, um, habitats. It's pretty cool. The, the the community is really thinking outside the box. I like that. This this is the best community. I mean, we, we've got it really is. The greatest listeners, uh, best community, they've got great questions. And I love yeah. it when I actually, you know, what, what I don't love is if I don't know where to point you to the answer. So yeah, we, but- we have a, you know, plethora of information and, and great resources and people to point you to. And sometimes I'm just not going to have the answer. Sometimes right. Scott's not going to have the answer. Yeah, uh, a lot of times we don't. And I'm happy to say that we don't because you can't get to everything. <laughs> you know, you can't be an expert no. on anything, on everything. And anybody who says they are is, is full of it because there's just so many directions to go. Yeah, uh, and we're happy to point you to the right right people. I think that's a great idea, and we'll, it also again it gives us ideas for future guests. We'll definitely have some of these people on, uh, and really probe them with some good questions. Uh, Jenny, any other thoughts or anything they want to touch on before we call this one a wrap? No, I've um, I think I think I I ranted enough. I mean, I don't know if it was a rant, but uh, no, I think I, I definitely um, I, I think we had a pretty good discussion earlier about. Um, you know, the, the state of, uh, aquarium keeping where, where I was thinking some things were going, why I'm doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, we got to answer some questions. So, uh, really enjoyable time. Yeah. That's what we like talking about here is just, just as much ideas and directions and philosophies as we do about practical stuff. I think there, I think that it's nice to have a forum to discuss that. And so we're glad to, glad to be that place. And yeah. Again, Johnny, um, thanks again, uh, for stopping by. It was good having you back on and we'll, we'll definitely I, do this again I, real soon. Uh, Really appreciate it. And then uh, I guess before I get out of here, if, um, you know, we can get some more of our, our listeners to suggest some other people that they may want to hear from, um, you know, feel feel free to nominate and, and suggest. Um, I would love to have a conversation with some more of these people. And I, I know Scott would as well. So, absolutely, um, you know, uh, you know, viewer or, or listener suggestion. That's uh, that's awesome stuff. Absolutely. Again, uh, thanks for your uh, here today on the tent and johnny thanks as always for uh, making it an interesting hour or two and everybody looking forward to seeing you on the next installment of the tent thanks a lot